What's up, nerds? Podcast. Hi, hi, hello, and welcome. Literally held my breath like a minute there, waiting for it to happen. Like I'm ready. Sometimes you wait, gotta what, wait. Did we decide what this is called? Welcome to Cheese. Well, it's, the podcast. Yeah. Cheese. The cheese. podcast. It's just We're called Cheese. Starting a full, full feature, point. full length podcast on Cheese. That is correct. This is a podcast about cheating in video games. We've never had a podcast before, and uh, we decided to start one. So yeah. here it is. First and since we're all con- connoisseurs of cheese, actually, okay, I'm not yeah. okay. I, I have to have a disclaimer here. Okay, disclaimer. I am a self-proclaimed lover of cheese, although I'm not that well versed in cheese. So, like, I mean, I already know that some people have feelings, strong feelings against one of literally my favorite cheeses, which is like the most generic cheese, which is cheddar. You're, I love you're it. Jump with the gun I, here, Jared. No, hold you're on. I'm just, I'm just giving a disclaimer. Okay. Sure. You know? Sure. Sure. I, sure. I don't know that much about cheese. <clears throat> I saw a video about making mozzarella once, and it was fascinating, but I don't know mm. that much. I just you're know no that cheese. I like it. So you, sure. and so, you just appreciate so like, cheese. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just know that I like it, but I am very interested in in hearing like more. So, I mean, I don't know why I guess I'm a part of a podcast that's doing nothing about talking about cheese, but I, so I, I'm, I'm leaning on you guys to like, teach, teach me the ways of cheese. Maybe it's like for the educational factor, you know, like we, this way we can, I, I represent the average listener of this podcast. The average cheeser. Most, most people like cheese. Oh, I guess that's probably not true in the world. Except for the intolerant. But yeah. But, you know, people like cheese. I, I'm I'm ignorant, so but I, I want to learn. So teach hey, me, guys. Teach me your look, ways. That's well, the beauty of this podcast. That's that's the beauty of this podcast is, is it's there's no judgment. There's no it, cheese is an all inclusive delight. Even the intolerant at times. Indeed. It's not an emotional intolerance. It's not. No. And no one, no one can slight them for it. In fact, I have said on many occasions in my life that I would not wish lactose intolerance on my worst enemy because that means no cheese. Indeed. Now, mind you, we are going to focus mainly on cheese in this podcast. Oh, yeah. But, but there's some other dairy that might come but, up. Yeah, beautiful dairy. <laughs> Yogurt is actually very closely tied to cheese making. Chocolate. Now we're going to get into that, of course, in later episodes when we do, oh, you know, deeper dives yeah. onto the different echelons of preparing different dairy products and how akin they can be. This, to making this will be quite the series. You might it even call it the deep dish cheese pizza. No. <laughs> that is correct. That's correct. We might. Now I do have strong pizza. feelings on deep dish pizza, but you know we're going to touch on pizza a little later, and we can we talk are. about that. It's okay. I mean. That's like episode two or three material, but I'm I'm gonna touch a little bit on it this evening, but not we like have to in depth. We have to because this is the introductory episode, oh, yeah. right? I'm we're we're, we're beginning Jared's journey into deep diving of cheeses, which okay, we are yeah. I'm, and I'm here for it. Yeah, I prefer the term fromagenot. That was a really really terrible joke, and I'm very sorry I said it out loud. But no. there you have it. Um. I, I did want to add, I actually saw a TikTok earlier today. On um, cheese? On Just cheese, one? yeah. Cheese related. Oh, okay. um, it's one of those where uh, 
where the guy's like, when I tell people I'm lactose intolerant and they're like, oh, that's too bad about cheese. And it like cuts to like dramatic music. And he's like, who told you that me being lactose intolerant meant I don't eat cheese? Yeah. <laughs> of course I eat cheese. It just has consequences. And I laughed really hard because I was like, that's the cheese spirit. He doesn't okay. care that it's going to make him sick because it's worth it's it. It's delicious. He just recognizes regardless. cheese consequences. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Anyways, I that's... always call those barriers to entry, and some people are willing to pay the price. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think I still would be, even if I was lactose intolerant. I would be like, yeah. well, I guess I'm going to have diarrhea I... the rest of my yeah. life. I already do, yeah. so. Yeah. It's, it's the porcelain price. Mm -hmm. That's all that it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, where, where, should we, uh, where should we start? Where should we begin? Do do we want to start with the basics of how cheese is made? I'm more than happy to take us out uh, on this journey. I, I mean, let's sure. Take the rind let's off of the... this episode, you know. Let's, yeah. Let's learn. Yeah. Let's go way into it and learn everything we can about cheese. Yeah, Jared, I actually want to throw this to you and ask you: What do you know about the cheese making process? Before we do, okay. before I get into it, I'm I'm wanting to know the baseline of Jared's knowledge of cheese. Okay, so my baseline knowledge of cheese is A, you take a cow. B, you milk said cow. That's a good start. And then something cultures, something magic, bam, cheese. Exactly. That's, that's close. Believe it or not, you're still even limiting yourself a little bit. Oh. There's, of course, different animals that produce milk that cheese can be made from. Mm -hmm. um, you know, goat milk. There's Human also... Milk. No, we don't talk about that because... I have a very sensitive gag reflex, but sheep milk is actually something that uh, tends to make a very soft and creamy cheese. Um, but yes, you're, you're basically essentially correct. You start with bringing cheese up to a warmer temperature, usually just shy of 200 degrees. So lower than a boiling pot of water, but milk has a lower boiling point. So about 190 is when you want to do it. You have to stir it constantly, of course, because otherwise it'll scorch on the bottom and Ruin the whole batch. The, there's basically the six major steps. Our first, you are going to bring the cheese up to a heat and add acid to it because you need to raise the acidity of the milk. Okay. It makes it to where the lactose, which is basically the milk sugar, can be turned into lactic acid. And that will separate the milk from into curds and whey, which we all know conceptually, right? Yeah. Because like what's usually say that again. I said because I mean Throwback. you gotta know what's in the bowl, right? Yeah. Sorry, that's a that's a really bad Andrew Dice Clay reference. And if you need to go and watch that, you should. Okay. You took all nursery right. rhymes and made them dirty per se. Horrible. You could say yeah. Okay. Continue. Okay. Curds and whey. Yeah. I'm sorry. My my Andrew Dice Clay experience is actually pretty isolated. I haven't actually heard of any of his stand up. I've seen him in many movies, but there I you wouldn't go. say any of it's good. It's just what oh. it is. Okay. All right. All right. So so curds and whey. Talk talk curdy to me. So <laughs> <laughs> I now regret that we didn't talk about how we need to make it a point to just throw every single pun out there, but also not acknowledge this, it among all of us. This is uh, the the dad oh, corner of Twitch. Just so idea. you're just so you're clear. What'd you say? I'm a, a self-proclaimed uh, dad on Twitch, so all things pun related are already fully enveloped into this place. That's yeah. true. The home That's of, true. of let's start a podcast. Yeah, so no exactly. worries. 
So anyway, uh, the acidification actually makes it to where the curds separate from the whey. So basically, it's where the protein kind of separates from the enzymes within it. Usually then you add a coagulation, some sort of thing. It can be, a, usually the most common is a rennet. Now it's spelled R-E-N-N-E-T, and it's one of the few times where a French word, you actually pronounce the T. Uh, rennet and bergamot are the two that come most easily to mind, but well, that's for our, that's, that's for further conversations, of course. So then when you add the coagulant, it makes it to where the curd can actually restructure itself to where it on a molecular level can bind together to shape what you want in your cheese. We're getting sciencey in here. That's, I mean, what is cheese but the science of making milk better? Which, right? On an, on an interesting fair, fair side, note, there's a lot of bravery that's got to be involved in the early making of cheese because at some point somebody was like, I'm going to get milk from that other animal that's not the same animal as me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to imbibe that, you know? Like, that's some weird stuff already. Like, you ever just walk down the street and you're like, that dog, I bet I could suckle off his <laughs> Too. you know but now he was like no the biggest animal it's got big teeth i'm going for that one right but yeah. then someone else was like well i can just store this for later yeah right and they were wrong but they were like still gonna find out what it's like <laughs> a lot of like really totally. um aggressive trying of weird weird stuff that i wouldn't be willing to do so i don't think i could i guess starvation is probably the biggest key to the discovery of cheese people true. were starving you know it's true like when and you're you actually, you're gonna eat you actually stuff. remind. Say it again. I said when you're a hunter gatherer, you're going to eat weird stuff. It's true. It's true. It's true. Some of it may even be utterly disgusting. You know, that's, so that's a good, good point. You did remind me of the fact that um, when it comes to the milk that you start with, there are there's of course pasteurized milk, and then there's even ultra pasteurized milk mm -hmm. and raw milk, mm -hmm. right? Best cheese. Milk to use is actually unpasteurized, so raw milk I would is the best. Yeah, because basically it has a higher content for or bacteria, higher fat content, whatever. Exactly, sure. exactly. So the the cheesing magic can can work its magic, kind of a thing. So anyway, when you start to separate the curds in the whey, at this point you kind of have to figure out what kind of cheese you want because usually what you do is you end up breaking up the curds by cutting it. Okay. Cheddaring is the term for dicing the curd to very fine chunks. And usually the smaller that you cut the curds at this point in the process, the firmer and drier your cheese is. That's going actually to called cheddaring. It is actually called no cheddaring. Kidding. Hence the, hence the I, name I, cheddar I, cheese. I'm actually surprised. I just, I yeah. didn't know that. So that interesting. There you go. So, so does that mean like you're talking like going from uh, what's, I mean, a really soft cheese, like a Gouda versus like a Manchego, you know, yes. that's the difference in how you curd it. How you totally, it. totally. Yeah. Like ricotta or a mascarpone, mm -hmm. those two cheeses you actually can just not cut. You just leave the curd as it is. So that way it maintains mm. a high degree of moisture. Usually for like a mozzarella or um, or, or like a, even a Havarti or a Munster, like a mm -hmm. softer cheese, those you're going to cut the curds a little bit just to kind of make it to where it can dry out a little bit. 
but it also gives an opportunity because at this point is one of the points in which you can add salt to help flavor your cheese, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so I got a quick question for you. Sure. Let's set my, let's set my mind at cheese and explain to me, um, when you say curds, I'm just picturing you go down to the store, you can buy some cheese curds. I go to yeah. AMW, I can get deep fried cheese oh, curds yeah, you and they're oh, delicious. Ooh. Is that like yeah, the base thing that all cheeses end up with is just curds? So like, or is the, yep. is the curds that you get at the store like a certain type of cheese? Usually, usually the curds that you purchase are of a different kind of cheese. The most common used is cheddar curds because that's usually the size of the cheddared curd. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. But like, um, but that's also why so they're I soft use... because they're un unprocessed. They're just like the basic curd. They're not. They're usually Correct. not even pressed. So. Correct. So I uh, I used to live in this in Seattle, and there is the Seattle Cheese Making Company that's in Pike Place Market. So if you're ever there, I I strongly that's recommend place, stopping by. That's the place where they throw fish at you. That the is the market. market yes, the fish throwing market. But so if you like, yeah, if you go to the market and you go to the fish place, if you're looking at the fish, there's also a big like bronze pig statue right around there. If you're standing at the pig and you look to your right, Pike Place continues kind of to the north. And on the right side of the cobbled street, you'll come to an intersection. And on that corner, there's actually a big glass curved window. And it's to the Seattle Cheese Making Company where they make cheese in-house. And at that giant display window, they have a vat that holds like probably a foot acre of liquid. <laughs> Like it's a t uh, foot acre is a, a gross a exaggeration. Strange measuring term that I've never heard before. Oh, so foot acre is how you measure the volume of like a lake. Yeah, it's 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 kind of, it's, it's kind so of like a volume of water to fill an acre with a, one foot no. of water. So you're talking you about a lake of cheese? Yeah, and that was that was wrong. That was that was totally wrong. I'd I mean, say it probably fits amazing. like probably 500, 600 gallons of water. That's right? still. That's still pretty cheesy on the eyes. Water or, or milk? So like, it, liquid. Just like, liquid. I just like showed up and I was like, hey, I got a bag of like, you know, tortilla chips here and like dip yeah. it in. Yeah. Would I be having the but, world's biggest nacho? Is that what that would be? Well, these are, these are like cheese curds and curds and whey. So exactly. nachos. I'm just getting So what they do is in that giant vat and it's like, it's probably like 10 feet long and about four or five feet wide. And they have agitators. So that way, when the milk is being warmed, it can keep it agitated. Then they add their acidification and then their, their um, uh, coagulant. And then they actually then cut for their mozzarella and the curd cuts for mozzarella. I, I've seen them like pick them up and stack them. They're usually about three or four feet long and then about six by 12, just like, they almost look like railroad ties of cheese curd. Mm. Kind see, of kind of sexy. See, Todd, yeah. when you say cheese agitators, what I see is like somebody that's like facing off against ride gear police, but they're in the cheese and they're just like, throw it back. Tossing the like, you know, the, the grenade canister. Totally. Snack. Seasoning yeah. with pepper spray. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Hence the name Pepper Jack. Exactly. That's where Pepper Jack comes from. It's from <laughs> little known it's history. From cheese agitators <laughs> with Pepper Jack spray. Exactly. 
So anyway, you can add the salt in, and if you keep the curds large, that tends to make a very soft cheese. And the and the smaller you cut the cheese curds, the the more dry or hard your cheese will make. Mm. So then, so when uh, you're cutting a lot of cheese, it's dry. Exactly. But at once and it's moist, you probably stop right there. Exactly. Exactly. And I prefer my cheese moist. I do. I do. A wet cheese, yeah. as it were. A very wet cheese. Yeah. It's where it's at. It's where it's oh. at. I see I your joke avoid... and I walk right through it. <laughs> I, I try to your... avoid cutting a wet cheese personally. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so then one of the final portions is is then this is when the shaping comes in. So again, you can salt while it's still like in the cooking and, and curd process to, to season the curd, or you can actually wait until after you have shaped your cheese. Usually you take the curds, you basically take the pot and you can pour it over a giant cheesecloth. The whey falls through the cheesecloth and then the curd itself, you then kind of shape by packing it tightly all together. So Cheese curds, kind of like you're talking about, Jared, are before, basically, they just like cut all the curd in the vat and then scoop them out and put them in a bag, right? And then sell it as cheese curd. But when you actually are shaping it and you put it in the cheesecloth and you press it together, because of the fact that they're so, AJ's just giggling because I'm getting very no, excited No, 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 I'm this. laughing at Chad. Sorry. I'm laughing at chat. Oh, I'm yeah, not yeah, I'm yeah. not watching chat this time. That's good. About... You're talking. You're yeah. talking. Keep talking. Okay. You're doing great, Todd. Great. <laughs> anyway, anyway, sorry. So um yeah, when you when you pack the cheese tightly, then the curd tends to kind of reform together. Um and, and so that's how you get bricks of cheese, right? They basically shape it by by putting it in that. Usually at that point, when it's put into the cheesecloth, like if you're making a homemade cheese, you can also add salt or other seasonings at that time. Probably this is the point in which you actually would add pepper flakes to make pepper jack cheese kind of a thing. Then then comes the aging process, which is the final step. We're all pretty familiar that we're going to do that. It's also known as ripening or affinage, I believe I'm saying that right. And an affineur is a person who ages cheese, usually by putting the cheese in a humidity-controlled environment. Sometimes they'll even add mold to the air, so that way they can make like a blue cheese Delicious blue or cheese. a roquefort or something like that. Okay. Adding salt to the outside of the curd also is what creates the rind to kind of protect the moisture integrity of the, of the cheese you know, itself on the inside. Go, going back to Devin's comment from just like a few minutes ago, like what a wild ride it would have been to <laughs> invent cheese. Like yeah. what can, not only just like what, what can I milk? What animal that's not my own species can I milk and imbibe? But also how do I make this ferment? How, do I add acids to this? What do yeah. I do with this stuff? Do I s put mold in it? And maybe that'll make <laughs> it taste good. Like, yeah. what a wild ride of discovery the, yeah. the early days a lot of, of the cheese mold would stuff be. had to be totally accidental, though. And they were oh, just like, yeah. you gotta eat it anyways. And then they were just milk, like, milk no, was totally crazy. different, though. If you go back 5,000 years, milk was yeah. like people, you milked your own cow. People were, yeah. you know, intimately familiar with milk and how to cook with it or how to use it. So, uh, but I think, I think, I think, I think all three of you are right. Like the creation of cheese different 5,000 years ago, because most affineurs use an actual cave. Like 
that's a that's a regional thing, so it'll add regional flavor because, of course, the humidity, the minerals in the air, mm-hmm. the enzymes, sure, sure. The, the bacteria, wow. things like that. I did not know that they do it in yeah. caves. Which I guarantee, kind of like to Jared's point, you know that basically they were like, man, this tastes weird. What if we boil it? And then they boiled it, and then maybe some like, I don't know, some citrus got into it because that's most common way to make ricotta is to actually just like warm milk, throw lemon juice into it to acidify it. Mm-hmm. And then it makes it to which where it's disgusting, gets the by the way. What's that? Said which is disgusting, by the way. No. Ricotta so, is <clears throat> delicious to the taste and very off. desirable. I'm guessing that the 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 acidity and the salt type stuff, those were things that, you know, we'd already kind of discovered helped store food for longer. Right. So yeah, maybe right. that was just like the thought process of, well, it worked for, you know, the venison that we have. Let's try it Let's on throw this it milk. cheese and what we'll happens. Throw in some, some salt and some, Can we know, smoke it? Can we dry it? Lemon juice? Does sure. it work? Yeah. You know? Sure. That'd be the same, the same thought process. You're but right. The first while had to be like just the wildest ride <laughs> of, well, it's got blue chunks of mold in it. Should we still eat it? <laughs> and the answer was yes. And there were probably times where the answer was yes, and then they died because it was some toxic form of mold. There's a hundred that a hundred percent happened. So, so Actually, anyway, that's how you that's how you make cheese. You you heat I mean, the milk, I, you add acidity, you add some coagulant, mm-hmm. you get the curd and the whey separated. You shape the curd and separate it completely from the whey. If you want a softer cheese, you may mix back in some of the whey with the curd while you're shaping it, and then you age it. I was going to say, though, uh, isn't cheese pretty, like, localized in certain parts of the world, too? Like, they're, most of yes. Asia does yeah, not. I've, yeah, I've heard a lot of most of Asia that. and Africa don't, like, they, they are pretty much everyone is lactose intolerant. It's more of, like, really? a something that happened in, in European times because pr- most likely, maybe, here's a little history of cheese that I know, I guess, uh, like in in Europe, they're a different climate. So like when when um, in when winter comes and that they no longer can harvest crops and stuff, they had to base their their food off more off of animals and such. Right, right. While like places in Asia don't have nearly the temperature swings like they do in Europe. So like it's kind of like a divergence. Yeah, it's just like um, rice all day evolution and adaption to to be able to take lack you know be able to eat lack lactose right um todd maybe you can maybe you can help out with this question in the chat um sure dr donk says i've heard that places store cheese in gigantic blocks that mold over time and then as um they end up completely covered in green and then when they need it they just scrape off the outer layer of mold is that 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 can happen that is accurate for some cheeses yes yeah so like uh, a Gruyere is a prime example. Um, usually the rind on the outside um, or like a Brie. Brie is another really solid example um, because usually the rind itself, you wouldn't want to eat the rind. So maybe a mold will grow on the outside, but the mold can actually still contribute to the flavor profile Correct. of the cheese itself yeah. in the wheel yeah. or the brick. Very nice. So yeah, great question, Donk. I feel like like if you were making your own cheese and then like you see a bunch of mold and you're like, oh, crap, I ruined it. But maybe it's still edible. Let's give it to my friend here first. See if he likes it. Totally. It's it's cheddar him than me. Cheddar him than me, yeah. 
I want to <laughs> add, because we were talking about Western and Eastern cultures and cheeses, I did Please. see a, a cheese history video just prior to this in my cheese research. Uh, Go on. And just a quick point is that we were talking about crops and animals, and they had to use it to kind of go through the winter. That's all accurate. And in China, in kind of like a Chinese culture or, you know, Eastern culture as it is, they still made cheese in a much, much smaller sphere, but they used like more acidic things than rennet. You were saying rennet for like cheddar and everything. So yeah. they actually would, they'd throw like lemon juice. Interesting. Right. And yeah. so it was just a totally different genre of cheese, you could say. Um, yeah. I don't remember the names of the cheese, but it was just like a very different experimentation with cheese. Um, totally. So it's not like non-existent, but it is very rare. It's not like part of the culture's diet, diet and whatnot, right? Yeah. So yeah, very nice. I have to ask a question because you talked about how you thought ricotta was disgusting. Do you not like lasagna then? <sighs> this is a lasagna is fine because it's it's a combination of flavors, but like just do with a spoon. straight straight ricotta and straight like cottage cheese is oh. very disgusting to me. Like I can't handle it. I love cheese in the, as in general. It's very, you know, I'm not good with like a lot of the slimier cheeses. Um, so maybe it's texture, but the taste has always been off to me too. Like, you know, growing up, my mom would have cottage cheese and, and throw different stuff into it. And it like, no, like, yeah, it made me gag, honestly. So. Dude, that was such like a '90s like food thing too. For yeah. the longest time, yeah. you're like, "Oh, you're trying to eat healthy cottage cheese with pineapple." But I do it. really I like a lot of lasagna. cottage cheese and pineapple in my house growing up. Yeah, and I ate it, and I was like, "Yeah, this is fine." But now I'm looking back, I'm like, "That was a weird choice." Yeah, that was a really I was not about the, the cottage cheese and pineapple for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Wouldn't eat that today. No, nope. I just I, I am a huge, huge fan, and I also make a mean lasagna. So and lasagna, like I said, is good. I actually really like lasagna and different. Yeah. I think know, that whatever, in but... like a baking process, a lot of those things fit. But just like eating mm -hmm. them plain, I don't think that they were really like that wasn't the intention a lot of the time. Anyway, you can be wrong. Okay. I might be. Yeah. Um, Do you like cream cheese then? I love cream cheese. Oh, duh. Ooh, okay. oh, 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 oh. Okay. Okay. I have a theory. Okay. All right. Kick it. And I, I, I would like to extend it to you guys a challenge sure okay um i'm not saying it's impossible i have just yet to see it sure i okay. am of the opinion where literally every food is made better by cream cheese or at least it goes it goes okay with okay try to think of any food and i bet you it cream cheese complements it it goes with everything and I've had this theory for a it, long time. And like my, my sister was like, oh, yeah, what about hot dogs? And I'm like, no, I don't know. So I think, yeah, I think that would be good. So, I, well, so you know I what? Totally, I just, I just I made one. And I, then think I was hard. like, dang, this is really good. I can add to that real quick. Just like right <laughs> off the top of my head. Cream cheese. I, th I think of cream cheese as sweet a lot of times, right? I, I think it's in a lot of like pumpkin roll. It's in, it's in just a lot of like. It combines well with sweet. It does. It does. Bagel. But. But sweet things like that and cream cheese usually is dumped a ton of powdered sugar in there. It's not usually straight cream cheese. Cream cheese True. as a base is pretty neutral. And yeah. that's why it does go so well with, you know, anything. Like, yeah, Celery you, you, or you like on a hot dog, it, I'm sure yeah, it would be good. Yeah, you can put it with vegetables. All You know that people do that all the time. Any Proteins, type of bread. yada, yada, yada. Yeah, 
yeah like yeah you can have like cream cheese and steak sandwiches like that works really well yep. you can have says cereal. cream cheese on pretty much any fruit and that works really good do you think cereal and cream cheese would be good oh yeah oh yeah i'm sure it would be yeah, i think it could work I just I, I had celery with cream cheese and everything bagel like seasoning we did really good it actually it was wasn't bad i i just as of yet as of right now and i've been thinking about it for years i have not found a food that i think would be gross Interesting. and if i hear someone that's questionable it. i would try it okay kimchi then actually, actually is one that i was like maybe that would be gross but no actually now i'm like no kimchi and cream cheese sounds really so good this actually really leads into the topic that i was going to talk about tonight i had a question and this this is perfect for it um <clears throat> so i'm going to talk about like you know, the cheese food essentials, if that's all right, kind of like what foods come to mind when we think of eating with, you know, eating cheese. And to start it off, though, I wanted you guys to think about um, your favorite like Thai or Chinese food dish. Easy. And then think about how it would be with just adding in like some shredded cheddar or Monterey Jack or like some Colby or Gouda. Just in your head, think about it for a second. Oh, and think, doesn't God. that sound horrible? Todd over here. Yeah. Sound disgusting. Apparently, Todd like, doesn't yeah. like cheese. It makes me almost gag just thinking about it. Like I can't like noodles with like gouda chunks. <sighs> I don't think it'd be that bad. I I've tried it before. Okay. Um, because I am a cheese junkie, and I will Dairy put man. cheddar cheese on it. Lots of stuff. So I've gotten Thai, and then I cut cut a couple slices of cheese because in my go-to, especially like Mexican, I'm just like, oh yeah, I'll just have like some pieces of cheese along with this whatever it is I'm eating, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it doesn't. It surprisingly does not go together. Yeah, uh, yeah. Was, and I think yeah. it's one of those things where like the mm. palate and like the the flavors that are used just don't work. Either it's too much, or they just don't complement each other. And maybe that's why it's not like it's continued to be a tradition or maybe it's learned behavior. We just can't get past it now. But when you said cream cheese, that was my thought. I was like, oh, man, could it go in some of those dishes? And weirdly enough, I was like, if it melted down, I don't think it would like ruin like Thai. No, I don't like pad Thai might be okay with cream cheese. But if I were to put like any other shredded cheese or like melted cheese on top of it, it sounds disgusting to me, like just kills it. Kills the food. Yeah, cream um, cheese with like a stir fried basil. It probably could I'd, be good because it's I'd just kind it. of like creamy. Yeah. You could melt it and be creamy. creamy I'm here like for it. It wouldn't cheese. be bitter yeah. like a cheddar. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. The texture doesn't feel like it wouldn't ruin it texturally. And that's what I yeah, worry no. about with like a lot of the other dishes. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so. Um, Let's talk about like the the big cheese foods that like I think people consume the most often when it comes to cheese. In you want America. us to throw them out in America? Yeah, and I'll tell you if it's on my list: uh, burgers, cheeseburgers, burgers. number um, one, cheeseburger, pizza, pizza, nachos, like like uh, you know nacho cheese, and on many applications, nacho cheese and like Mexican food in general. I kind of totally that. okay, okay, pasta, 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 yep, absolutely. Jared, any other thoughts? Um, Lunchables. <laughs> Lunchables. Lunchables. Sammy's. Sandwiches. Still good, right? Um, What's well, just the sandwich, a general sandwich? The other yeah, one I had it was just like, just in general, sandwiches, grilled cheeses, melts, you know, okay. those kinds of things. Those are like, those are what I think of when I think cheese central. I'm like, 
I want something with cheese on it. I know those will have it on it always. Totally. And if they don't, it's missing something, you know? Um, <clears throat> so let's let's talk about cheeseburgers for a moment here. Yes. The, the American classic. I, you know, I have a I love a good cheeseburger. I'm not afraid to admit it, and I'm not afraid to eat more than one a Hallelujah. Day occasion. You yeah. Know, it might be a problem for me long term, but like for right now, I'm cool with it. Um I think one of the great things about a cheeseburger is that it's a very versatile uh, sandwich, if you will, for cheese. Like, I can't think of a cheese that's bad with it. Um, there might be some exceptions out there. But for the most part, you can throw pepper jack on a burger we got in the chat. I've got my tops are American cheese, Gouda, pepper jack, blue cheese in very fine amounts. And then uh, some Swiss oh, yeah. is great on a burger. Dude, a Swiss mushroom burger, <clears throat> chef's kiss. Yeah. Any any other cheese favorites for the for the cheeseburger? You know, oh oh, for the cheeseburger, no, no, yeah, we've said that. No, I'm on the same page. I, uh, I am too. So and and you know, like, why is cheese so integral to the burger? And my first thought is that it is a binding agent. All right, a cheeseburger is a pretty. I mean, a burger in general is a pretty sloppy deal. An American cheese has like the the binding properties to like hold everything together. Because um, it can be goopy and solid at the same time. Exactly, it it hits both of those things, and it helps like add to what is already supposed to be like a portable meal. You know, yeah. It, the The burger is your entire meal. It's your salad. It's your protein. It's your, salad. you know, it's your bread. I mean, you, you joke, but it, you can have tomato, lettuce, onion. Pickles, Those are all pickles. things you put in a classic salad. Um, sure. If you're throwing some mayo on there or some ranch, then you've got your dressing too. Like, it's a joke, but really, what is a burger but a constructed things. salad? It's a, it is it's your a entire, constructed entire salad. <laughs> it's, it's your full course dinner sure. in one package that you can shove yeah. in your mouth. You know. Hey man, I've been saying for years, pizza can encompass the entire food pyramid if you put pineapple and meat and vegetables on it. And the burger, the same thing. How often do people put pineapple on burgers? We got the iconic, the iconic Pulp Fiction scene. You know, mm -hmm. the big Kahuna burger. That's right. That right. is a tasty burger. It's a tasty, a tasty burger. burger. And then you know, after enjoying that bite of burger, it kills a man. <laughs> <Great> <laughs> Just spoiler alert. Well, you know, I your 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 thoughts, your theory on cheese being the binding agent for a burger, I think, is a very um, interesting hypothesis. And I, I agree with I agree with you. Well done, well done. <laughs> that was that was pretty good. Yeah. So it acts as like like I said, like the binding agent. Um, but it also adds um, what a lot of the other ingredients are missing on their own. Um, lettuce and tomato, they're, I mean, they're vegetables. You know, your beef, even assuming it's a beef burger or, or a, a turkey burger, they're, they're just like really, you know, pretty basic protein. Like, I don't know when the last time it was you just cooked like plain ground beef and then just ate that plain unseasoned ground beef. But if you do that, it's terrible. Even cooking it, like if you're making like some taco meat, maybe and you're cooking this plain ground beef, it's not good. It smells mm -hmm. not good. No. But as soon as you throw in, like you know, you gotta get the the salt and the fat in there, and suddenly it becomes delicious. 
Mm-hmm. And that's another mm-hmm. thing that cheese is doing. It's adding the salt and fat that it needs to make those other ingredients kind of elevate. True facts. <laughs> also, I remembered usually most breakfast, hot breakfast items, all incorporate cheese. Like grits with cheese is so tasty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Omelets, hash browns with cheese, all great. I didn't even think about the breakfast element, but yeah, it's it's totally there. Um, the other thing is that it's, it improves the texture. It provides like an alternate texture, um, that, you know, is very popular. At least yeah. I, I think so. And then, uh, it's, it accentuates encounters like other flavors. You know, you've got, like I said, you've got that creamy, salty, you know, kind of fatty flavor that goes well with like the acidity of vegetables, the, you know, the, the protein and umami flavors of like the meat, mm-hmm. uh, or tomato, um and then with bread which leads me to my next step on this food journey um sandwiches and grilled cheese right i'm an active contributor to the grilled cheese subreddit right you can look for my posts i won't tell you my username but you can look for them um nobody tells you your username on the internet come on no no why would you do that yeah that'd be a big mistake i could delete a profile and, and build my cheese reputation up again but uh I think that like the grilled cheese is kind of like our our meal of cheese in its most basic form, um, at least for an Americans. I think if you go to other countries in Europe, there's a lot more options that are very like just cheese and what other ingredient focused. You've got uh, omelets in like France where it's like cheese and egg is just like a standard thing. Mm-hmm. And then any pasta and just cheese through, you know, the Mediterranean. So. But yeah. the American thing, it's bread and melted cheese. Yeah. Um, and it's an instant classic. You know, you can feed it to your picky kids. You can yeah. feed it to yourself. It, it, there's really not like an age group that doesn't like grilled cheese, I feel like. True. True facts. Yeah. And just by raise of hands or, you know, voice. Have you had a grilled cheese in the last month? No. I hate. I Actually. hate that I. Ha- I have to say no. Okay. Yeah, no. I have. Yeah. All right. Eat that. Eat that shit with a with a nice uh, tomato soup, and I like to chop up little chunks of cheddar cheese to put in my well, tomato of soup. Of course. Ooh. It's like little cheese bombs while you eat yeah. your tomato soup. Indeed. That sounds amazing, and I will definitely try that the next time. This guy yeah, over here doesn't your, like you cheddar. You dip your. You dip your sandwich in your tomato soup. Yeah. Here. That's, here's that's the funny. thing. Here's the thing. And I'm in a soapbox for just a moment. Oh, boy. Cheddar. Jared, you said it yourself at the very beginning of this. Here it you're is. New to cheese. Oh, yeah. Here, you're here you're new is. to cheese. Here is, the th- here is the thing. There is no dish in which you have cheddar cheese that's not made better by choosing almost literally a different cheese every time. I'm eating cheese right now. Yeah. Is it cheddar? That's a bold statement. No, it's statement. not because you don't hate yourself. That's a bold statement. That is a bold statement. Okay, let me let me tell you my love for cheddar. Like Inger. I cheddar legitimately sure. really really like cheddar. Sure. And so, for example, um, I get so much shit for this because my dad will go to Costco, and you can get at Costco what is a, it's Tillamook cheese. Yeah, it's Tillamook. cheddar, Tillamook. sharp cheddar cheese. Tillamook. It's about it's about two feet long. Oh, and yeah. it's about like three by three brick. Yeah, this yeah. is a shitload of cheese. Yeah, I can eat it in a week. Sure. Oh wow! I and sure. I the, some now I just get cravings Colby for Jack. cheese. Now just do I, it with Colby Jack. No, I, I would. I, there's no way. I, 
there's no way I, I would do that. Like cheddar cheese just gets me. I sharp will just cheddar be like, I am, is I am hungry good. for some sharp cheddar. So I will go and I will cut off like three, four big thick slices of cheese and just go sit in my bed and eat cheddar like a troll. I don't know. I like to add I like lunch meat and crackers bed. to that. I think but Brent had the, the, uh, but that's, that's not what I'm getting at here. The unstoppable force right here. You my, know? my argument is, is that ch- cheddar is just the most accessible. It's just it's it's the scut cheese in my mind. American, I would give probably a tier below, but I would apply American cheese over cheddar to almost anything because I like American cheese more. But here's the thing. Grilled cheese. Prime example, right? We were just talking about it. Grilled cheese, cheddar does not have the appropriate pH balance for a good grilled cheese. With a grilled cheese, you want a cheese that is soft enough to be like when you pull it apart, it's like stringy or you get that like oozy picture you get from like the Kraft Singles commercial. A Kraft Single is a good is a good grilled cheese because it does, again, remain solid while also being a liquid. It's this weird, gross thing, but it's amazing. But like Havarti or Munster, Havarti is those are both those are both far better than cheddar in a grilled. Well, you are talking a cooking application. I mean, he's arguing just he's just sure, just sure. sure. I, I can. I mean, I can kind of see that, but also I would argue wait. that it's even better if they're just in combination. A grilled cheese sandwich that has cheddar and yeah. Havarti oh, or and Gouda is really, really, really good. I was going to add to that. Agreed. I agree that the best right. combination of cheeses for a grilled cheese is an American and some other cheese that doesn't get quite as um, that quite that same like melting point as American. Not because I don't want that gooiness, but it just adds something different to a grilled cheese. In fact, my most recent was a a um, <clears throat> uh, American cheese and Gouda, like a smoked Gouda. Like a regular Gouda melts better, but a smoke does not melt quite as well. So I will say also part of your against your point here. I mean, I, I understand that for sure. Now, I lived for a time in Mexico and for all of my time there, I they don't eat cheddar cheese. Cheddar no. cheese is not a thing. It's not, yeah. Okay, so fresco, and, a cheddar yeah, they have, back, yeah, Oaxaca. They have all these yeah. really good cheeses, and I was I I really Bronco. liked I like really liked their cheese as with all their stuff, right? Yeah. But man, I really really missed cheddar a lot of the times, and I would literally every time I was at the grocery store, I would look for it because it was like, man, just not having it so accessible. I don't know. Maybe absence makes the heart grow fondue. Yeah, it's just I can't I, like. I, Cheddar is my last cheese that I would ever put on a burger. Like I'd put pepper jack on a burger before I put cheddar. No doubt. Any day of the week. No doubt. I agree with the pepper jack statement, but I, I still love cheddar. What is everybody's desert island cheese Ooh. right now? You only get to take one. Can I take two? Nope. Extra sharp cheddar. Gross. I, mean, I think so no it's like it's done deal. I think I'd actually go Gouda. It is form so of Gouda. Gouda. Of Gouda. Gouda. It's very versatile too. It is a pretty smoked versatile. Gouda is preferred. I mean, you can smoke it once it's there. <laughs> That's so true. Gouda. I could smoke no. it on my own. So oh, I would sure. go an unsmoked because the applications for unsmoked Gouda are a little bit more ex- extensive than a regular Gouda, but or than a smoked I, Gouda. But 
I'm probably going to have to say Pepper Jack, honestly. But Oof, a quality, quality Pepper Jack. Not just a store-bought brand garbage. Dude, the Tillamook, the Tillamook good. Uh, combo you can get at Costco where it's got the habanero oh. Pepper Jack. Dude, I'm gone habanero. every time. So I, I really did want to say white, sharp, extra sharp cheddar. Uh, Jared, if you haven't had white sharp cheddar like oh, recently, yeah. recently... That's the oh, that's a step up oh, above oh, yeah. regular sharp cheddar. Nonetheless, pepper jack, I'm gonna have to say, is the is the answer. So kind of a kind of a little point to add to the cheddar conversation here. Sure. I think that cheddar is one of the most receptive to other ingredients in the cheese as well. It there a peppercorn mm. cheddar is amazing. A caramelized or smoked onions cheddar is amazing. I I've tried a lot of cheddars that have different things kind of infused in them. Like apple smoked, you know. There's a so lot. Nobody of does that options. to any other cheese because it's the easiest cheese to make. And it's the simplest flavor it's, profile. It's a good. It's a good base profile, though. But I've had like so I've had like you know a a bacon and onion gouda, and it was not tasty. It was kind of too much. And I think it's just because gouda is has enough flavor on its own. And I'm not saying that cheddar doesn't have flavor. I'm saying that it's it's more receptive of those other things. Um, so like if I'm making a cheese tray, which I do pretty regularly, I almost a always charcuterie. Put, yes. I accept I don't put other stuff on it. It's just cheese. So it's just a cheese tray. <laughs> technically, technically a charcuterie doesn't normally include well, other things, but well, I'll, 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 I'll still use just cheese tray. Cause that's yeah. what I care about. Right. <laughs> Fancy words. It's all about the, the cheese. Yeah, right. Now I'm questioning myself. Continue. Um, but uh, I almost always pick up a couple types of cheddar that have like different ingredients in them. I think that it just goes really well with other stuff. Also, if you ever want to eat like an apple with cheese, I think that it goes best with cheddar. <laughs> a nice sharp cheddar with apple is very Man, good, even though it doesn't sound good. good. Again, Gouda. Like Gouda with apple? Oh, so good. So good compared to cheddar, because the the my main my main issue with cheddar is that it overpowers a lot of the other flavors. Like, oh, see, I, I disagree the sharper with that. the sharper the cheddar, the more you taste the cheddar over anything else. Interesting. Like, so I, I think that it's just a really good complementary flavor. I think it's super. Sure. It's a base flavor. No, I don't put on everything, but I think it's more of a basic. Like he just said, Gouda is too powerful. It mm -hmm. Gouda's delicious, but. Yeah. Smoked Gouda and bacon is like that's a those are that's a lot of like flavor clash and they're they're still good, but I think it's it's he just said it's too strong is all and I can understand what he where he's coming from, but sure. the cheddar is more basic, that's all. What do you have any other cooking? Uh, um yeah, cooking highlights? Didn't quite make it too, but uh, going on with sandwiches. We should let people be free though. We're gonna have a, a whole episode. I swear we'll have a whole episode about. Totally. The Philly, the Philly cheese. All right. Ooh, We're yeah. also going to have an episode that's going to be the great melt versus grilled cheese debate. Ooh. I like that. I like that. Yeah. But yeah, the, the Philly is like its own beast of how cheese interacts with that sandwich culturally. But I love a good Philly. Yeah. And cheese is what makes it happen. Um, yeah. And then Italian dishes. I don't think there's really... I mean, can any of you just off the top of your head, think of an Italian dish that is like not, I mean, revolving around cheese in some way. Yeah. Or that doesn't I mean cheese or isn't maybe like a baked ziti. 
but usually most most Italian foods are made better by adding the cheese. But. And a baked ziti. I mean, I put Parmesan and Asiago over the top. Most that. people do, but normally, I mean, I've seen it without cheese before. So, um, but yeah, I mean, and that's also where you really get into mozzarellas. Like mozzarella is its own beast in the cheese world. It feels like mm-hmm. we on there, but like with yeah. Italian food, that's like the big mozzarella provolone and then your really dry hard cheeses that are used kind of as like seasoning and flavoring not just as like a, a main element of the dish um and then mexican food I, I and we jared brought this up quite a bit already but in mexico i don't think i ever had any like colby jack monterey never had any pepper jack never no. had any cheddar it was queso oaxaca and cotija you know, mm-hmm. like the real dry, salty cheeses. And Oaxaca's kind of, it's got some similarities to uh, mozzarella, I would say. Very similar yeah. to mozzarella. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's Mexico's really version good. of string cheese. Right, mm-hmm. right. And there's not a lot of like dishes that revolve around it. It's more like there's a few exceptions where they throw it in or it's like a seasoning on top, especially the cotija. But, uh, so, like, it's interesting that there's such a strong connection between Mexican food and cheddar or, like, cheese in general in the United States when it just doesn't really exist in Mexico. Correct. Give me give me a queso fresco. Give me a, a Mott's, even a Colby Jack combo mm, on on a taco, a burrito. Oh, it's good. And I enjoy Way it. Way better than cheddar for me. But it, it feels like that's more American culture leaking into Mexican food than True. Mexican culture and Mexican food, but like the from the heart. Tex-Mex. Yeah. Jurisdiction. Correct. Right. And there's obviously there's more cheese in the foods the further you go closer to like the, the Texas border. Um I mean that is where Monterrey is. <laughs> um but you if you're like if you're in Mexico City or further south, you're not gonna run into a lot of cheese as like a star True. of a dish. True. So there's some, you know, there's some interesting elements there culturally. Totally. And look, each region we're going to have a very specific episode about where we spend nothing but the entire time talking about different regional applications for cheese. I'm also really excited for uh, the next time we do a deep dive on the specific differences in preparing a goat cheese versus a cow cheese. You know, cheddar even means money, Todd. That's how how universal it is. (laughs) Indeed. Anyway, we just talked about cooking with cheese. I want to bring up real quick the modern cheese. Cheese in the modern era. I want to talk about some cheese spiracies and big cheese. Um, mm. You know, how big cheese controls the, the cheese world today. Uh, real quick, I'm going to throw up this um, <clears throat> little Please tidbit. Please don't throw up. No, nope, nope. On screen, we oh. have a quick, quick uh, graph. This shows okay. 1970 to 2010. This is Hell cheese yeah. intake. So mm-hmm. it increased threefold from 1970 to 2010. Well, ice cream in all both forms and even yogurt stayed pretty low. Yogurt did have a big uptake in 2000 to 2010. But nonetheless, but, um, with geez, the advent of Greek yogurt, uh, a yeah. lot of things. Yeah, just right. general yogurt and like um, yogurt ice cream and stuff. Anyway, Activia. yeah. So Go-Gurts, baby. Cheese had like a three times increase per person up to like 33 pounds a year of cheese. And Jared's probably like a hundred pounds of cheese. 
And for that, I'm grateful. Yeah. That is, is important. I now have a goal to exceed. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, why? Like, what's this intake? Like, why is it such an increase of cheese? So, there's two things on the cheese spiracies and big cheese that come into the play here. One example, if you go <laughs> big, back... Like big pharma, but big cheese. Big cheese, correct. <laughs> <laughs> so... Big pharma. So, got to be with the big cheese. Yeah, not the big cheese, just big cheese. <laughs> so, Switzerland is known for its cheese in general. There's a lot of cheese products that come out of Switzerland, a lot of export of cheese. So go back about um, 80, 90 years-ish, post-World War One, Switzerland was neutral, okay? They, a huge export of cheese. Well, post-World War One, the rest of Europe is devastated, economically, resource-wise, people, and suddenly you okay. have no one to export cheese to. So... They had to develop this way, and they made the Swiss Cheese Union. It's basically a cheese cartel that started, and it controlled all facets of cheese in Switzerland. Cheese at the time, I learned from some articles in, in Wikipedia and some uh, other podcasts that cheese at the time was actually, uh, the, Switzerland made a thousand different types of cheeses at during this time, and suddenly the cheese cartel cut it down to eight. And they controlled the, the dairy production, how much they could milk. They controlled the cheesemakers' production. They controlled the distribution and prices and amounts in all facets of cheese in Switzerland. Because suddenly you couldn't export cheese. So you could only buy cheese locally in Switzerland. So because they had no one to export to. So this happened and suddenly like all these cheesemakers just bow to it. But it's also subsidized by the government at the time eventually yes the cheese union cartel falls away people start to make other cheeses but um this drove like switzerland to be an, a, another like a, another new era of leadership of cheese because it was so controlled and in fact what it made was cheese fondue cheese fondue when was this uh started like 80 90 years ago Okay, okay, okay. So Continue. fondue was created in Switzerland because they decided that they needed more cheese to make and they to sell. Product and cheese, export. like fondue in that form, like, you know, bread dipped in like melted cheese was sure. not eaten by most people. It was like people in the mountains that wanted kind of a warm meal after the work, day's work and they were cold, they'd warm up the cheese. And so they decided, um, like, uh, what's it called? Um, Gruyere and... Yep. Um, yeah, uh, Emmental, Emmental, those yep, yep, two yep. they would melt into fondue, and they started peddling and marketing fondue, and it became the Swiss mark of like excellence was cheese fondue, and it was like a huge thing in Switzerland. Really? Yes, oh, interesting. Yes. I so, in the same regard, now come modern day, circa nineteen ninety five. Does it go? The cheese, big cheese is deep, dude. Big cheese gets deep. So, I can't wait for the deep dive episode where we, we come, just talk about. We come to 1995. Dairy yeah. and cheese are intertwined. No, we have the Galt milk uh, push comes out. Yeah. Got milk because campaign. because the United States decides we're not consuming enough milk and dairy sales are down, so they create the Got Milk campaign. Well, in 1995, well that was 1993, but it was finally released in 95. In 1995, sure. the cheese, the U.S. cheese cartel who uh, there's a little company called Dairy Management 
if you've never heard of dairy management, they are an advertising company backed, created by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. And oh. <laughs> so, this guy. Okay. The they kill us all the way to the top, baby. So all the way to the big cheese, all the way to the biggest cheese. Yeah. So the same, the same company that's peddling uh, obesity ads to like fight obesity is trying to push, 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 push heavy amounts of cheese con- consumption and dairy at the same time. Well, so one yeah. huge example of this, uh, we were talking about multiple cheeses on dishes, um, how it can like a grilled cheese with things. They had a $12 million campaign pushed with Domino's in 2010. When 2010 rolled around, if you remember, Domino's released the six cheese Wisconsin, the six Wisconsin they cheese pizza. Totally did. This yeah. was government backed, <laughs> government backed by dairy management in 2010 to push the consumption and sales of cheese in the United States. That is insanity. By That's big, insane. big dairy and big cheese. Um. Wow. So. Wow, well, we want. So, I want way more about that. <laughs> so right. then one more thing in 2015 ish um big cheese decides so swiss we're gonna go back to swiss cheese uh there's like 330 million uh pounds of cheese sure or 330 th- yeah 330 million pounds of cheese created a year in the u.s okay. sure and roughly and they decided that swiss cheese it was too hard to cut because the holes, eyes, as they're called in Swiss cheese, were too big. So it was too much of a burden on cheese slicing machines to cut them. So they lobbied, Big Cheese lobbied, uh, to have cheese grading, you know, grade A, grade B cheese, what, what have yeah. you. Yeah. It used to be 11 16ths to 13 16ths were the eyes for a grade A Swiss. Well, they lobbied to create a three sixteenths eye to be considered the grade a Swiss Ooh, to try and force smaller. Oh so that, so, so that they could produce more cheese and not be a burden on the, the cutters, the slicing machines. So they didn't have to develop new slicing machines. What was the priority for sales? So Correct. Place, we're still getting grade a Swiss and not complaining about the holes being changed. Correct. That, wow. But that changes that the whole crazy. That changes not- what you consider Swiss cheese to be. Right. That's so, correct because it changes the it changes the chemical composition because the larger correct. the holes, the, the more bacteria the, and more flavor. Uh-huh. Yep, build. Yep, uh-huh. yep, yep. Uh-huh. Exactly uh-huh. right. Yeah. See to change what we know as Swiss. So, so like people won't even recognize a Swiss from when we were growing up. Right. It's true. Cheese. Correct. And Swiss being the price it is, if you had like a sixteen ounce block of cheese and a twelve ounce block of cheese, they'd sell for the same price. That's uh, a, a direct result from like the cheese union cartel carrying down into you know today. So more or less, uh, big cheese and um, and cheese history is quite interesting. And dairy products and cheese, along like mainly cheese, but because of big dairy and lobbying and cheese spiracies, I do have a question being pushed for everybody. Do you think that? The reason the cheese is being pushed so much is that it consumes a lot of milk to create cheese. Like, you can't drink a gallon of milk every ah, day. I have another fact on that vein. Another fact on that vein. Cheese production or milk production has gone up over the last decade. Milk Makes sales sense. have gone slightly in decline. But cheese has gone up. Cheese, cheese has se- seemingly gone up in cheese sales, yes. 
So but, most of our milk is now going to cheese instead of going to milk drinking. Well, I don't know or, most, or but, but also under the previous uh, presidential <clears throat> administration, Rain. they big cheese or big dairy lobbied with NAFTA and uh, with president to be able to export more dairy to Canada. So mm-hmm. there's like 50,000 more metric tons to, that they could export because milk declined in sales. So big cheese runs deep. Yeah, it wow. really does. That's, that really does. Literally, the money moments of tonight is how big cheese. See, these are the these are the kind of conspiracy theories that I like, not the yeah. freaking incels yeah. on Reddit. Like, there's a group the of incels. Like, we're gonna make America eat twice as much cheddar. And yeah. Like, why am I eating so much cheddar? I mean, I love it, but why? So a quick expert or excerpt from this little article said in July in 2010, dairy management released a report um, stemming our lack of interest in milk. It said uh, that it's been a painful time for fluid milk industry. Dairy management remains partnered with McDonald's, Pizza Hut, and Domino's to create new and innovative products using dairy to delight consumers. That's why they started doing stuffed crust pizza. Oh, it's another that's around the same time. Sure there. That's another push. That Indeed. Yeah. Anyway, you know, if they sell things. more milk, they got to start doing more milk flavors like they do in Japan. Because the Got ah. Milk campaign started around the time that Pizza Hut introduced the stuffed crust. And yeah. milk flavors. So in schools, you, can, you have non-fat milk flavors like strawberry and chocolate. Well, under also the previous administration, those were lobbied backwards or back to how they used to be. So now you can have 1% and 2% strawberry and chocolate milk in schools to sell really? more milk. Yes. Get more. Hmm. Because previous to that, it was like 288 half million half pints that were less consumed in school. Michelle Obama would be so mad. She's probably yeah. fuming about it. <laughs> I don't think milk fat is bad. Like I have no issue with with kids consuming, you know, one and two percent milk. Uh, yeah. That's not a big deal to me. But it's still it's the efforts of big cheese problem. and big dairy to lobby efforts and cheese spiracies to change yeah. for their dollar. I also just realized that this episode probably enrages every vegan that will come into contact with it. Possibly. And for that, I'm sorry. We can do it. Let's just just straight up say right now, if you're vegan, this podcast, not for you. Not for you. (laughs) We're saying this now an hour and 10 minutes into it. So if you're very mad, I'm sorry. Sorry you waited this long to turn it off. But maybe this is not for you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's true. If you made it through this whole hour of cheese talk. (laughs) I will say this. I have had vegan cheese. Would eat cheddar over vegan cheese. So there you go. Interesting. We should just talk about how different vegan cheeses are. But this this is terrible, but also it's gross. Hey, don't spoil episodes for later seasons. Nonetheless, Jared, do you have any? Oh, uh... we'll give a little teaser. We might have a guest appearance. Someone you might know. Someone very closely related to cheese because her name is Brie Larson. Oh, what? Yep. Yeah. And also maybe Justin Breber might show up. Oh, yeah. boy. But, or Alan you know, Brie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And guests that have already agreed to come on the podcast. Yeah. We also are going to have the uh, head of the cheese cartel in Switzerland. But we'll probably. It doesn't exist be- anymore. But they don't voice, talk about oh. it. The voice has to be disguised and he won't show his face. That'd be funny. Okay. All right. I am currently trying to book the CEO of Tillamook. We're going to see how that goes. Okay. We're going to see how that goes. His people, 
I would. They're asking prices a little more than our producer can afford. You know, now that so they're breaking up, that she's problem. broken up with Kanye, we might be able to get Kim Kardashian. Oh, Kardashian. <laughs> and with yeah. that, thank you for joining us. <laughs> As we say at the end of every every episode of Cheese, uh, if if Cheese makes your life better as a whole. Um, somebody else finish it. Have some Swiss. Go down to three sixteenths. You know, if it makes your life better as a whole, have some Swiss. Right? Am I right? Oh yeah, yeah. I well, was looking for a rhyme, but that's that's good. Oh, don't be so cheesy. Come on. <laughs> and, and goodbye. All right, and what we do say though is cheese the day. So, with that, yeah. we will we will call it a night. <laughs>